Están todos a la venta para amigos y familiares de JCPenney hasta el domingo. Usa el cupón de 30% extra en la tienda y llena tu carrito con estilo y ahorros. Y obtén hasta 60% de descuento en joyería fina y de moda. Además ahorra hasta 40% en ropa elegante para toda la familia. Compren juntos y luzcan de lo mejor este otoño. JCPenney, vale la pena. Selección de estilos, aplican exclusiones. Cupón y oferta de ropa válidos hasta el 8 de octubre. Oferta de joyería válida hasta el 22 de octubre. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com. Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team, Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love, in every color, for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores, or visit us online at minkycouture.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the 8 O'Clock Spot live here on the Grid Network's YouTube and Twitter stream. I am Bryson Carver, your host, and this is the 8 O'Clock Spot, your new game show, your new favorite spot, 8 O'Clock on Tuesday nights to talk all things sports, some of the best takes that you will hear all week long. We got three panelists tonight. We got first Barry Grant Jr. of the All Even Podcast. Barry, how you doing, sir? I am doing well. Do you see the shirt that I have on? I haven't been happy in three months. I am excited. Okay, we got the ops off the team. Get everybody out. Everybody out. Let the kids play. I don't want no old pitchers. Don't bring any more of these old fucks here. I want to make sure that we reset. Hard reset. I'm happy. Happy as can be. And also, too, I'm a disruptor. I don't really care to win. I'm just here for entertainment. Okay, there goes Barry's 30 seconds. So everybody listen, just to throw this out there, everybody in this show gets 30 seconds to say whatever the heck they want to say about anything in the world of sports. Devin is our second, Devin Nettles, our second uh, co-host here, our second panelist here on the 8 o'clock spot. He is the host of the At The Bank podcast here on the grid, as well as the My Thoughts, My Opinion podcast. Devin, how are you doing on this Tuesday evening? I was doing good until you came on this camera with that hat on, man. Then I was like, come on, Bryson, what decision what what made you make that decision to come to the AFC North and to be that wearing that bumblebee hat, man? I need you to just take it off, burn it, because I'm gonna give you hell all year now. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know about that. I'm just I'm, I'm smelling I'm smelling eleven and six of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I must say, but that's not here nor there. Listen, we'll we'll we'll, we'll do get out a couple times this year. We'll see. Mike Guido is our third co-host. He is the co-founder of the Grid Network, and today a very sad Yankees fan. Mike, uh, how bad are you doing tonight? Uh, awful. Very, very awful, Bryson Carver. And, um, you know, like I said, you and I say this all the time, Bryson. I don't know why you and I are friends. You're a Red Sox fan and a Golden State Warrior fan. I'm a New York Yankee and Cleveland Cavalier fan. So we don't really mesh uh, very well. But what the Yankees did today 
at the deadline, I think is absolutely disgusting. And it's, it's, it's an all encompassing thing of what their season has. It got so bad that we lost Mike. It got so bad <laughs> that Mike William cut off. We lost him right off the bat. Yo, the feed, <laughs> the feed went nuts because he's about to go able. He's about to go nuts just now. <laughs> he, he blows a, he blows a fuse. His Wi-Fi connection. That is beautiful. Oh my goodness. That is incredible. Great. So I love it. We got it. We've got it right in the right in the middle, just stuck there explaining why the Yankees aren't going to be relevant for the next decade. But that's okay. You know what? Uh, we're going to get right into the rules. So before Mike gets back in or before we all uh, you know, get, get to calming ourselves down off of either a great day or a bad day, let's go over real quick the rules of the show, the 8 o'clock spot. So we've got this up here. So the first round is going to be a maximum of 200 points for the show. So uh, if you give a great take, and by the way, this is all judged by yours truly, so I hold all the power here, which is great for me. If you give a great take, you get 200 points. Good take, 100 points. Eh, okay, take, you get 50, and a bad take, you don't get anything. You, you don't get any points whatsoever. So this first round, as we wait for Mike to get back to the stream, let's start with Barry Grant Jr. on our first topic. Sean Payton making big headlines, talking to Jarrett Bell of the USA Today, talking about how last year was the worst coaching job he's ever seen in the history of the NFL by Nat Hackett and the Denver Broncos, and he talks about how these players, they deserve better coaching and we're going to give them the best. And the Jets, obviously, including Aaron Rodgers and Nat Hackett and Robert Sala, the head coach, they were not happy about it. Uh, Barry, like or hate uh, what Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett? Uh, I hated it. And and the reason why I hated it is not the fact that of what he said. It was the walkback. The walkback is what I hated because if, if you're going to be that coach that wants to you know, take all the attention off your quarterback because he's been the talks for the last two years of how bad he's been. And you want to kind of, you know, reset and put all the, the onus on you. That's fine. But the walk back is what I didn't like. And that's what I think is a, is a punk move by him. He also called out the Jets in regards to them, them buying a Super Bowl. Look, newsflash, the, the, the Rams bought a Super Bowl. Worked out pretty good for them, right? And, and, and lo and behold, the Denver Broncos bought him to get them to the Super Bowl. So how can he be able to talk about another franchise that's trying to do the same thing? It's just very hypocritical, and the walkback was disgusting. I'm with you, and I, th I think the fact that he was uh, as as emphatic as he was in his criticism, and he walked back saying that, hey, I, I, I was – I forgot that I wasn't wearing a Fox hat. Obviously, he took the year off from coaching last year, worked at Fox Sports, and he, he said, hey, I'm wearing a Broncos hat, not a Fox hat. And so there was sort of a pushback in that regard. I'm with you, Barry, in that I, I didn't love that he just totally just kind of erased that. Uh, Devin, your take on Sean Payton's comments regarding Nathaniel Hackett and you know, obviously the Jets who have taken offense to this. It was a weak comment. It was a weak statement because for the fact that this is the same guy that quit on the New Orleans Saints just a couple of years ago just because things wasn't going in his favor. Just because his favorite quarterback had left and he see that the Saints didn't have a, a bright future right then and there. So he wound up quitting. And then next thing you know, he was flirting around going to maybe Dallas. And then he was flirting around with the other teams that that until he finally became the Denver Broncos head coach. And what the Broncos did last year is in the past. You know what I mean? I mean what you are brought in to do is to uh, help Russell Wilson in the future. You know what I mean? And I don't think that Sean Payton should be even talking about uh, anybody in that coaching staff and how he quit on New Orleans Saints, man. So I just think that, like like Barry said, I hate to agree with him, you know, because it's Barry, but 
you know, it, it was a punk move, man. It was it was it was just bad taste, man. I, and I don't think that the Broncos is going to have a good year, all because of Sean Payton opening his mouth now. Wow, so you think this is going to be an opportunity for them to to, to kind of put a you know a, a, a target on their back for all these teams going out? Listen, all I got to say about this, I cannot wait for Week Five in Denver, four twenty five Eastern at the Mile High Stadium, whatever it's called now. Broncos Jets, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a doozy. Uh, so it doesn't look like Mike's gonna be on here for this segment. We'll we'll wait for him to see if he can join back on and uh, you know see if he could recover from his Yankees being down four zip to the race. Uh, but for now, it looks like uh, Mike gets nothing. So Mike, Mike, uh, oh hang on, looks like just we got a miracle. Looks like Mike. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, is there, he is. The there he is. He's back. To add to my horrible day, my <laughs> internet cuts out as soon as the show starts. For the for the two hours that we were meeting before the show, my internet was fine. And then as soon as we go live, it completely cuts. It, it was the so, Yankee rate, Mike. That, that's what yep. it was. It had, it had to stop you because I, I knew Listen, you were about to drop a lot of F-bombs just now. It's the gods, man. They just they want to silence me. I am being censored, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so, Mike, we were just talking about Sean Payton and his comments regarding Nathaniel Hackett and, and even taking shots at New York Jets. Did you, did you love it or did you hate it? Um, I don't know that I hate it. I mean, I think that, you know, it, you brought up a good point on your show where it kind of instills almost a fire in the Denver Broncos locker room, right? You know, like the, having a coach that doesn't back down is important. Now, again, what you brought up again is he did kind of walk back the comments. So I was with you on that 100% where, you know, when when your coach makes fiery comments like that, the last thing you want to hear is, whoa, 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 hold on, wait, I didn't actually mean it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't mean it that way. I didn't come on, you know, I didn't want to come across that way. That's not what I want to hear. I want to hear the most up, uh, the most confidence in your guys, and I want you to be able to say, "Listen, as long as you don't cross any lines, right?" But if you say, "Hey, listen, the job wasn't done correctly here," and it wasn't, if you're being completely honest, Russell Wilson's a legit quarterback in this league, and Nathaniel Hackett made him look like not one, and Sean Payton's. I think all he's saying is, "Listen, this is a roster that can win. There's no reason that they shouldn't have won last year." And I'm changing the culture. I'm changing the way that we coach this team. So I don't think I have any problem with it, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I have the problem with the fact that he walked it back a little bit. Uh, so that's going to be fun seeing the, the Broncos play the Jets at some point this season and uh, see where that leads. Like I said, week five is going to be a doozy in Denver. That's going to, that's going to be a fun. That's going to be must-see TV. So, uh, Mike, we're going to penalize you, by the way, for, for showing up late. That's just unacceptable. Your, your, your Wi-Fi, no, hey. we can't, we can't hey. do that. We have standards at the grid, and I That's fell exactly. short, so I'm with you. That's exactly right. So let's do our point totals. So, again, you guys saw how how, how we do this. Uh, Barry, we're going to reward you here with 200 points. I think you were right on the money there with, with, with some of your takes. And, you know, for a guy that said he doesn't, he's not in it to win it, so to speak, you're, you're you know, you're, you're tied for first place by default. So <laughs> hey, props hey, to you. Hey. Okay. I, I give credit where it's due. Devin That's Nettles. It. You also get 200 points. I think you're riding the money as well in terms of, of, of your assessment of Sean Payton. And Mike Guido, I actually, I, I would have given you 200 just because of the fact that you gave me a compliment and promoted my show here, the Grid Network, carving it up, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, three times a week. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, again, you show up in here late, so you get 100 points. So uh, Mike Guido's in there. So. <laughs> I'd have gave him 50. I'd have gave him 50. But I'm not the moderator. You're not the moderator for this. Uh, I, I hold Strict all power. professor tonight. Listen, like you, you're the one who said we had standards, right? That's true. Yeah, we do. We do. That's what I'm saying. We've done the same thing. 
exactly. Okay, God, let's Bryson, move you're on. You're so smart. <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> is he trying to butter you up or insult you? Listen, listen, he, listen. he definitely is trying to brown nose right now. I, don't I, I know he's, try, he's trying to. He's, he's bringing an apple to the teacher's chair, yeah, and and, like and there's only so much. Oh all that no! Moving Ooh. on to Joe Burrow. Moving on to Joe Burrow. A team in the AFC North, obviously the Cincinnati Bengals, just a, just so close to getting to a second straight Super Bowl a year ago, losing to Kansas City in the AFC title game, and unfortunately their season almost ended before even got a chance to begin with Joe Burrow suffering a non-contact calf injury during practice last week. And, uh, you know, Fortunately, he avoided the worst. According to Coach Zach Taylor, he'll be out several weeks. Uh, when does several weeks end? Well, Zach Taylor didn't really give us much of an answer on that. There's speculation it could be six to eight. Could he miss the start of the regular season? It does appear Joe Burrow will be back at least at some points, whether it's to start the season or midway through. So I'll start with you now, Devin. You're 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 the I, I guess the senior AFC North guy. I'm the new guy here in this in this uh, division yeah, uh, chapter. You're a young well, pup. Yeah, exactly. I'm the young <laughs> pup. Just, just a little over a weekend. Devin, your take on Joe Burrow and, and you know, what, what kind of impact does this have on the Cincinnati Bengals with him being out with this calf injury? Man, I don't think Cincinnati ever paid attention to when he got hurt in the uh to when he tore his ACL in uh his rookie year. Um, if this guy had a cat had a sleeve on his calf, that means that I believe that I don't think he was just wearing it just to be cool. I believe he's wearing it just because he had to try to protect himself from uh injuring in that calf anymore. And the Cincinnati Bengals still haven't learned the lesson while watched watching the Washington uh Redskins during the time when they put RG3 back out in the field with a bad leg injury. And look how his career ended. So I think that Cincinnati wasn't really thinking. I think now that since they've seen how severe that this calf or not severe how this calf injury could be, they back to their senses now. They're saying, you know what, we're going to hold back. We're going to hold on a little bit. I'm pretty sure we're not even going to see Joe Burrow in the preseason, not even for the dress rehearsal. Um, I think that's a smart move for the Cincinnati uh, Bengals. you got to protect your, your, your prized possession at all times because uh, Joe Burrow is only a couple of weeks away, really, as everybody's saying, from getting a, one of the largest contract in NFL history. And if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm in a position where I'm not playing a single game until I get that contract, given the fact that you got Herbert Hurts and Lamar who get, got paid this offseason now leading into training camp. Uh, moving on to you, Mike, uh, do you think this has any impact to the Bengals potentially contending for this year's AFC title once again? Uh, I think if he comes back healthy, no. But I also think that, you know, if, if you're a Bengals fan, you're happy right now that you avoided the worst, but you're going to be mistaken if you think that this is over. The fact that this was a non-contact injury means that it could happen again. So I, I'm under the impression right now, you know, it, Devin alluded to it earlier, when he got hurt, you know, in his first season, I mean, that, that was a very big deal. And I'm sure that Bengals fans felt a ton of relief when he came back and started playing as well as he did. Now, I think Joe Burrow's strengths lie with his arm and not necessarily his legs. He's a solid mover, but he doesn't rely on it. However, though, if you can't put leverage on your legs into your throws, it really changes the entire way that you throw the football. So I, I think at this point, you know, like I said, the fact that this was non-contact it's still very, very scary for me. And I think, like, I'm not sure the Bengals would avoid, you know, you know, putting, you know, investing in a future with him because of this, because I think he's just too good and he has everything that you'd want in a franchise quarterback. But I also think that this is definitely a scary point for the Bengals as a franchise and Bengals fans, especially since the fact that this is non-contact, I don't think that this whole ride of his leg injury is over. I think this could carry on 
possibly until the end of his career. You could be right. And the fact that he's the last few training camps, he's dealt with either illnesses, whether it be COVID or last year, the appendectomy. Now he has this leg injury. Obviously, you mentioned the the torn ACL and torn uh, torn up knee in 2020. It was, it was devastating. So he's, he's he's had his fair share of adversity you know, as it pertains to injuries. Uh, Barry, your take on this and how it affects the Bengals going into the 2023 season. Yeah, I think it affects them a great deal. I mean, obviously, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So, you know, what they have as a backup, I, I believe it's Trevor Simeon. That's not good for them, right? But they have no choice other than sign somebody off the street. I think that's a wise move for them to do, possibly to go call Cam or somebody to, to see if they can be able to kind of like, you know, bridge the gap a little bit and be a little bit competitive. I don't know, but we'll see what happens with there. But in regards to the injury itself for him, you know, I can speak for myself having a devastating lower leg injury is that once you recover from that injury, you tend to have to it, it takes a while, if not your entire career to kind of figure that out, because what ends up happening is that you overcompensate for that injury. So you'll put less pressure on that leg and more pressure on the healthy leg. And now you'll have hip problems. Now you'll have calf strains. Now you'll have hamstring issues. Now you'll have a whole bunch of things that that will plague you going forward because of that major injury. So, you know, physically you might be good, but mentally, you know, you're still having these issues. And that's the problem that I'm seeing here with Joe Burrow, hoping that he can be able to stay healthy. But, you know, this could be something that plagues him, you know, his entire career, as Mike said. But also, too, it's the Bengals' responsibility to put him in a spot that he can be successful and when there's blowouts, sit him instead of having him play the entire game. No question about it. And I think a great athlete that you could use as an example of that is Kevin Durant. Like ever since that Achilles injury, he's dealt with a lot of injuries yeah. in that area and has never really quite gotten to uh, overcompensation. To yep. Overcompensation, absolutely. And uh, before we get to, I see we got a couple comments here. Folks, feel free to chime into the comment section. We'd love section. We'd love to hear your your thoughts. On what's going on? I forgot before the segment started. Again, we're just ironing out things here. It's the first episode of the uh, eight o'clock spot of the second round rules, so everything gets doubled. So the max amount of points you get is four hundred for a great take, a good take, two hundred points. Okay, a hundred. And again, we're still keeping it uh, at a big fat zero with the bad takes. Uh, let's look at the leaderboard real quick. So Devin went first. So I'm going to give Devin two hundred points. It was, a, I think, it was a good take. Uh, the only thing I would take away from Devin is the fact that you mentioned that they have, you know, mentioning not putting in a good, a good offensive line. This is probably the best offensive line Joe Burrow's had in a while, and this was a non-contact injury. So I had to, I had to pull back some points a little bit for that, but you, I think you made some good points uh, in general. Mike Guido, uh, you made up for that, for the, your, your, your tardy in the, in the first round. You, you showed up, you, you gave the great points, and, and you know, I, I think you, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, and, and here's Barry Grant Jr. in first place. The guy who did not uh, did not want to win, apparently, is, is in first. It's funny. How I'm a disruptor. Works. That's all it is, okay? When you're a disruptor, you don't care. No, you don't care, okay? I feel like, I'm the I feel like there's some bias in here. There's some bias <laughs> oh, <okay>. in here. <laughs> oh, it's the hex. Hey, it's the it's power of the hex. It's positivity, Devin. Smell it. That's what we do here on the Grid Network. Uh, yeah, oh, but we got a real quick. We got a couple of uh, got a couple of comments. Tim Frost, who's frequently on the All Even podcast, he says very smart move. Uh, you got the fire emojis here and complete sports media. We are enjoying the five o'clock report here on the Grid Network. Great set. Five o'clock spot, Darren. And, five o'clock exactly. spot. <laughs> <laughs> and we like the point system. Well, I'm glad you came up with that, and you can you can thank uh, our good friend Barry Grant Jr. for putting that point system in place. I'm a uh, genius. What can I say? Oh, so hold on a minute. So the guy who's winning put the whole point system in place. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think, Devin? Don't you think? 
<laughs> you, you see what I'm talking about, Mike? Are you alleging I mean, interference here? <laughs> yeah, we, oh, might we might have collusion on our hands. <laughs> I don't want to hear about none of that. We have a fair and an impartial uh, moderator. He is very, oh. very down in the middle. Right? Oh, no, look who's yeah. brown nosing now. <laughs> Listen, hey, hey, we're not even at the midway point yet, okay? So let's just, let's just ease in. Right. Let's take our time. It, it, it can go completely off the rails from here. So yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying. Real quick, so let's look at the uh, the third round rules. So, uh, again, everything gets doubled. So the max amount of points for a great take, 800. A good take, 400. An okay take, 200. And we're still keeping that thing at zero for a bad take. So uh, moving on to this third topic, this is a really interesting one because I talked about this yesterday on my show, is the whole Jonathan Taylor situation in Indianapolis, which has just flat out gotten ugly. In between him, Jim Ursay, uh, he says that he didn't have a back injury. The Colts and other reporters say he did. Jim Ursay actually recently had the question saying, if I die tonight tonight, and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one is going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. I don't know if that's the greatest negotiating tactic to keep your running back or to keep any player to put out that, that type of vibe. So I'll start with you this time, Mike. Your take on the whole Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis Colts situation. Uh, I mean, I think the Colts have to figure out a better way to treat their players. I mean, I, I mean, we've had you know numerous instances where Jim Irsay has just been pissing guys off. I mean, and even if it's forget about the dysfunction for a second, because you know it wasn't too long ago that we were toting the Indianapolis Colts as a very stable organization with a great GM with Chris Ballard who was drafting really well and doing everything well, and Jonathan Taylor was performing. You know, I mean, last year he kind of you know, had a down year compared to what he did in his uh, in his first year. But I'll also say this, you know, this is kind of an, an, an interesting point of where Jim Irsay is kind of telling you how he feels about the running back position as a whole too, right? I mean, this is kind of the, the narrative in the NFL now where, and honestly, I'm almost glad that it's this way because that's the reality of the world, right? I mean, you're getting into a situation now where running backs in the NFL are so much more devalued because they're not as good as their contract lasts, right? Even if you sign, sign a guy through their first contract, you sign a guy a four or five year contract. I mean, their prime is six years long. Two of it, two of which are in their rookie deal. They're, they're not the same player unless you have that rare kind of talent. So, you know, I, I mean, I think this is kind of a scenario where, you know, as much as Jim Irsay, I think is, is, is treating this situation poorly and how we have kind of a history of this now, he is kind of painting a picture of how the league feels and how everybody from the outside feels. I mean, I don't, I don't really see, you know, like I said, it's, it's dysfunctional, but it's not necessarily wrong. Mike, I'm what not going to lie. That's two you know, infractions. It I'm always Mike catches Mike in these weird. <laughs> he's out. He's down on two the count I'm, now. You guys don't. Like Yankees. I'm, Yo, that picture, I got to save that picture. He looks so upset. <laughs> <laughs> this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Uh, while we try to somewhat stay focused and Mike tries to hopefully fix his Wi-Fi, bro, you got to upgrade your plan or whatever that is. We got we to have this ironed out for episode two next week or whenever you're on with the show. Listen, listen deducted 400 points. That's 400 points right now for bad Wi-Fi. We can't, we right can't do that. We can't have that on the show. On the hot Barry. spot right now. You're on a mobile hot spot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Barry, your take on Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. Yeah, I think I think Mike said a lot of great points there in regards to just like the disrespect. But I mean, this is the this is the situation that we have with the running back position. I mean, Jonathan Taylor basically, he's one of the, he's probably the best running back in football. 
Like, if you want to say that, he's probably the best, right? So for him to say, you know, how he feels and he wants to be traded and all that stuff and, you know, Jim Irsay coming out with what he said, that's kind of what every GM wants to say, what every owner wants to say, but they can't say it. And Jim Irsay is just one of those guys that just doesn't care. But this is this is just the reality of the running back position right now is that the analytics in football have destroyed it, right? Back in the day, the analytics said, why have one running back when you can have three? And this is what's going on here. The New Orleans Saints did that. You know, they had a dual system and, you know, made the offenses look great and kind of depreciated the running back position at that point. This is where we are. So guys like Jonathan Taylor and guys like uh, uh, King Henry and, and, and others, they're going to have to kind of take the pennies and take the shorts for now until the trust can get back there with the running back position and then they can get paid again. But it's going to be a long time until we see that. So I feel for Jonathan Taylor, but there's really nothing that that, that, that he can do about it. Certainly, I, I agree with you in, in terms of the, how the running back is, is has been devalued to a certain degree. And obviously, that's we'll get to that maybe a little later in the show. But uh, I, I think you also got to consider the fact that it probably isn't this bad of a situation if he's in any other organization. I don't know if we give Jim Mercy the, the proper credit for being one of the more impulsive owners in the NFL. He's very uh, smart. His, yeah. yeah, and his his um his decision making has has been questionable in this regard in terms of treating players. Uh, Devin, I'll go to you now. Your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor and does he stay long term in Indianapolis? Does he sign a long term deal? What do you think happens here? Um, I think eventually <clears throat> he'll eventually sign a long term deal with Indianapolis Colts. I just think that uh right now, as you were seeing that how the Ravens camp early in the season where uh, EDC and Rashad Bateman was going back and forth on the Twitter. And then, you know, I feel like that's almost in that similar uh, occasion. And also, Jonathan Taylor got to understand that he's an NFL, not the NBA. You know, players just can't demand a trade and think the owners are just going to give in because we already know that NFL is the owner's league and the owners is going to stick together whether they right or wrong. And Jonathan Taylor, I, I feel like he got a bad deal on this because if a force is coming out him uh, being injured and he's coming out saying, well, I'm not injured. Uh, I feel like that's like two sides of the party are, are not on the same page. But I think this is all because of the owner. I think the owner just needs to be an owner. You know what I mean? Don't be in the spotlight every time that you feel like that you have to say something. We understand that it, it's your team and you're the boss. But I feel like once the owners start getting involved in, into these contract negotiations, I think it kind of start going sour. Yeah, you're right, and I think you get you gave a great analogy in that you know negotiating the NFL is is very very different from the NBA in terms of guaranteed dollars, in terms of what guys get, what guys don't get. So I think you make a great point in that regard. So uh, before we get to our point, so let's let's check the comments real quick. We got a few here. Uh, <laughs> right again, Ryan is is with Mike. He's alleging conclusion here. Uh, 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 collusion here. He says uh, he says the fix is in. There. I don't know. I don't know if you. I don't know about that, Ryan. You're you're tripping a little bit. Uh, and, and 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 Tim is just egging Barry on. Barry the villain. He says he's he, it's rigged. And I, I just it's it's incredible how how we're just getting this this false narrative that's already exactly the first exactly episode. first episode. It, it took long enough. It didn't take long. Uh, complete sports media. Whoops. Eight o'clock spot. It's hard to read the graphic on the phone. Way to rig the point system. LOL. Mike's Wi-Fi is needing a serious upgrade. He looks hilarious <laughs> when he froze the second time. I totally agree with that second point or your third point, right? I, I think that's, that's spot on. We're, we're gonna have we have to give a good complete sports media maybe some points here. But yeah, let's look absolutely. at the uh, let's let's secure the point total. So Mike went first, and I think he was spot on. Problem is he froze. So we're gonna give him the good take. So Mike's just shooting himself. 
himself in the foot here where first first round, third round, he's hurting himself, and he just froze again. Right on cue, he just froze again. Uh, oh. 900 points. It's unbelievable. We're, we're gigabyte, looking. He must be getting low on his gigabytes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's brutal. So Mike just continues to shoot himself with the foot. He should be in first, but he's not. And yet he's out here alleging collusion. It, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Uh, Barry is at 1,000 points. I think you're right. I, I I thought you were a little off in terms of uh you know being a little anti analytics for my taste. I'm not all all the way in an analytics, but I, I think we should use them. I think it, it goes to help you. From time I'm to always going to be anti analytics, all right. And Devin Nettles is in first place, ladies and gentlemen. So no, there is not collusion. Devin oh, Nettles, man. the Ravens fan the building. He did that on purpose, y'all. He only did that just to oh. make us happy. But uh, okay. I take it. When, we'll when, and, and since when have Steelers fans been known to make Ravens fans happy? Right. When y'all lose. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 So you want you I'll remember that. Don't fall for it. I'll remember that. Okay. We can hear Mike. That's a good sign. Okay. We just got to wait for him to, to, to unfreeze again. Let's see. I think we got another comment here. Uh, and, 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 uh, Tim, Tim McFrost, uh, Tim Frost says, uh, the owners have to have a voice too. It's only right. Yeah. It's, it, it's fair. And listen, billionaires negotiating gets millionaires. You know, the guy with the more money is probably going to come out on top. Uh, going out to the fourth round. This is the last round we're going to get everybody in here, or maybe, depending on whether or not Mike's connection comes back. Uh, the fourth round, we got max 1,600 points for a great take, 800 points for a good take, 400 for an okay take, and we're still keeping it a big fat goose egg for a bad take. So we're going to start now back around the horn to Barry uh, on this on this next topic. So uh, your favorite quarterback, Dak Prescott, who's – uh, the quarterback of your Dallas Cowboys has talked about how he's going to cut the interceptions down. He's going to stay aggressive, maintain his aggressive uh, spirit and nature, but he's going to cut down the turnover. He's not going to throw 15, certainly not going to lead the league despite missing five games a year ago. Uh, a, do you believe him? And B, do you think it's possible for him to maintain aggressiveness and not turning the football over? No and no. Wow. So Dak Prescott, there's a clip out there, and I I think somebody was there at training camp, and you know it, they 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 want to hit wanted to go ahead and, and throw a dig at the man. He did throw an interception into traffic with throw. Uh, uh, he's trying to throw to a five five receiver. So if that's things that I'm supposed to be seeing in the regular season. I don't think that he's gonna be <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna live uh, for for that wish in regards to going under 15 interceptions. Dak Prescott has always been a guy to take certain risk in his career. He has a decent arm. The thing is, he tends to make bad decisions with those high risk. He tends to throw it into double coverage. He tends to throw it when he doesn't see a robber there and a safety. So those are the things I need to see him improve on. It's not about him keeping the interceptions down. He may have a high interception rate this year. If his touchdown rate is high and his interception rate is like 15 or 16, I don't really mind just as long as you're making smart decisions with the football and towards the ending of the season, Dak Prescott was not making smart decisions with the football. And that's why you saw those turnovers and the turnovers elevated. And then it really compounded in the playoffs against the 49ers. So my thing with him is that just limit the bad decisions and he'll have a productive season. The Cowboys will be fine. It's the bad decisions that put them in bad spots. And then they have to work themselves out of that. And when you have to trust a quarterback that makes bad decisions when you're down double-digit points, it's a it's a recipe for disaster. So no and no. I think that was a totally fair take. I just didn't like how you you, you expressed <laughs> disbelief in him. I, I didn't love that. I, it, it's, I'm, I'm Model a, I'm, Dak I'm is very offended. Very I'm, a offended. I'm a truth teller, Bryson. I didn't throw shots. I just tell the truth. 
He threw little shots. Uh, Devin, <laughs> the host of the At the Bank podcast, who's I, I think, by the way, let's just let's let's be a Steelers fan in, de- in defending the Ravens here. I think Lamar Jackson is one of the more unfairly maligned quarterbacks in the NFL. So you know we 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 share love of two quarterbacks in that regard. So Devin, your thoughts on on Dak Prescott? Do you think he cuts the interceptions down? Um, I'm with, I'm with Barry. I'm going to say no, because for the simple fact that I think that the Cowboys still need to figure out their offensive line with Zach Martin and can they protect that? If that uh, pressure is, is in the space, he's going to be rushing throws all over again. Secondly, I need to see how the Cowboys running game is going to be. They cut Zeke. We coming back. They're coming back uh, with Tommy Pollitt. I mean, Tony Pollitt this year coming off an injury from last year. Need to see how he's fully, uh, how he fully recovered from his injury. So, I just think that if you don't have no ground game and no no pass block, and I think Dak is going to be in the same position that he was in last year, rushing passes, making bad decisions, and probably leading the Cowboys not to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's interesting. I mean, listen, only one, only two teams can get to the Super Bowl in fairness. So, but uh, yeah, listen, I, I think it's fair. I and mean, the the Cowboys' running game is going to be a, a key part of their success offensively, given the fact that, at least in my view, their weapons are. Fine. Thank God they have CD Lamb. Otherwise, it'd be horrendous. Go to Mike Guido now, another Cowboys fan of the building. So, uh, Devin, you and I are the really the only sane ones in the building. But listen, we'll, we'll be fair with these guys. Uh, Mike, your thoughts? You're, you're, I don't think you're as low on Dak as, as Barry is, uh, but you've been a skeptic at times. Uh, does does he cut the interception number down? I think he does, but I still don't think it's enough. Like, like I think I, I don't think that Dak is going to lead the league in interceptions again. But I also think that. It's exactly what Barry said before. I mean, it wasn't just the interceptions. It was the overall decision-making, right? He just wasn't smart with the football, you know, and and this was something that it wasn't progressively getting better over the course of the season. It was progressively getting worse. So I think that having some changes um, over the offseason, you know, dumping Kellen Moore, you know, giving Dak at least maybe a little bit more control in the offense. It's a little bit, it's a little bit of a change that could spark something. However, I'm, I'm with Barry on this hundred percent and I'm a full blown Dak skeptic because I've said this over and over again throughout the years. And as things kept changing, I mean, at some point you have to blame the denominator and not the numerator, right? You have to blame, listen, They changed the offensive line. They made their offensive line one of the strongest in the NFL, and at some point, the definitive strongest in the NFL. They severely upgraded their receiving core on two separate occasions with Amari Cooper and now this time with Brandon Cooks and drafting CeeDee Lamb as a surplus at the time as well. Running back has never really been a problem. I mean, Zeke was kind of a problem last year, but they've always had some sort of a semblance of a running game that could supplement that. They've improved their defense. They changed head coaches. They changed offensive coordinators. They changed defensive coordinators. They've tra- changed everything around Dak Prescott except Dak Prescott, and it still hasn't resulted in a legitimate improvement since his rookie year. So I do think he probably does cut the interceptions down, but like I said, I'm still skeptical. I'm not sure that that's going to be enough. I mean, in fairness, he is the second best quarterback in his conference. So if you got that, you got always got a shot to, you know, to, to get to uh, potentially at least the NFC championship game, at least you would hope. Uh, okay. So this is, let, let, let me get to some comments first before we get to, because these are our final point totals, point totals I'll get to in just a moment. Uh, a lot of stuff here from Parnell, uh, our, our, our teammate here at the grid network. Parnell says seeing Barry once uh, Bryson mentioned Dak Prescott's face is priceless. He did say Dak is top 20, which by the way, I'm not, I'm just adding your comment here. Parnell is just completely disrespectful and crossing the line. Um, Parnell also, 
also says <laughs> Cowboys should win the division. Interesting. When was the last time a team within the division won it back-to-back years? I believe it was almost two decades ago when Philly did it. He says, in the end, the biggest problem is Jerry. I agree. Jerry hired McCarthy to call plays, and he's proven to be a product of Favre and Rodgers. You leave Jerry alone. Da- hey, hang on a minute. Dallas should reestablish the run. <laughs> they should have a nice weapon in Deuce Vaughn. Utilize him like Darren Sproles. Just because he's small, shorter than I am, I don't think necessarily means he's Darren Sproles. But we'll right. see. I think that he's got he's got he's got. He some, is electric. That kid's going to be good. I'm telling he, you, he has a potential to be very good. So let's look at point totals. We're going to cut somebody out of here. So Barry went first. He's at eighteen hundred points. I actually think you made some fair points in terms of uh you know, you know Dak and and trying to t- cut down bad decisions. I think last year was an issue. All reason I cut some points off is because you expressed disbelief. In him. I don't like pessimism <laughs> on the show. And I certainly don't like pessimism for a guy for his own team. It's just you know, it, it, you know, you know what that sounds like to me. That sounds a little dictatorish. Okay. The fact oh, that you're, come on now. The, the fact that you're oh, taking hell, Bryson. you <laughs> don't like what I said about Dak Prescott. I don't appreciate it. The truth is the truth. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. So I've been accused of collusion and being a dictator all in a half hour span. This has been a rough, this has been a rough 35 minutes for it. It's it's brutal. It is absolutely brutal. Devin. You're in first place with 2,000 points. I got. I got to give you props, my man. You, 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 you made some fair points in regards to Dak Prescott. I, I again, I still didn't love your disbelief in Rain Dakota Prescott, but hey, it's it's it doesn't hit the same coming from you as it comes from Cowboys fans. Uh, Mike Guido, my my, my friend, you're you're out of here, man. You're, you're 1700. You came just short uh, to Barry uh, in this regard. <laughs> just I, I didn't love how you you painted this picture as if Dak Prescott is is working with like the the greatest show on turf as a supporting <laughs> cast. It's just it's unbelievable. And and Mike is not even able to move here on the stream to defend himself so it's, it's kind of fitting <laughs> third time's a charm knock, knock, him another, knock him another 200 mike uh bryson yes i oh, I, I, I may just just for good measure so we'll take mike off we were taking him off to begin with um but <laughs> it's down to two. <laughs> exactly it's down to two so this is the all or nothing guys this is the winner take all and given the fact that we are just close just a three thousand i'm sorry two thousand points separate uh Devin, who's in first place with two thousand barry with 1800 we're going into our final round again this is all or nothing there's no good there's no okay it's your great or your bad winner gets ten thousand points and this will go a long way into your uh, uh your, your season total so winning this will be crucial and then the loser comes home empty empty-handed they're in second place for the day and they go to second place at least one episode in to the leaderboard so our final topic and Barry sort of touched on this earlier in the show is the whole running back situation in terms of uh, a lot of running backs Saquon Barkley Tony Pollard Josh Jacobs now you're seeing with Jonathan Taylor not getting long-term contracts they're obviously frustrated about it Nick Chubb has voiced his displeasure and you understand the running backs obviously wanting to see their own get paid um Devin I'm going to start with you because you're you're, you I think you have a team with a very good running back in J.K. Dobbins Um, um, your take on running backs. Do you think teams should give running backs long-term contracts? Um, I'm going to say yes, because I feel like the running backs are important to the game. Running backs have multiple jobs. Running backs are to run the ball and to pass block and to go out there and pass catch. You know what I mean? Running backs are, are still valuable to this game. I think if you take away running backs, we're going to be looking at flag football kind of soon. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of touch here, not, you know, contact is, uh, not allowed uh, downfield at a certain amount of yards. So I feel like running backs should get paid. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they should be the highest paid position in the league, uh, anything in that nature. They shouldn't be a quarterback uh, type of contract. But I think that running backs do need to get respected. I think that's a fair take. Barry, you're t- you've are you been very vocal about this for a long time now. Do you think running backs, regardless of the situation, should get long-term contracts? 
Uh, it, it's a mixed bag for me. I will say no until they can be able to prove their worth at the position. So the reason why I say that is because running backs are they're a dime a dozen, right? They they get drafted a lot. They're the most drafted position in 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 the in the NFL draft, and because of that, it's hard to be able to really create a value for for a running back. So when you have a running back that's good the team is automatically going to say, okay, well, we're going to be able to use them up and then go find two or three more guys. So what needs to happen is that there needs to be consistency and attrition and health, right? Like they need to stay healthy at the top because if they stay healthy at the top, then that's going to allow the GMs and the owners to feel that they can be able to trust the running back position again. They don't trust them right now. They don't trust them like how they did back in the 90s where it was a running back league and a defensive league. They don't have any trust in them because all the big guys, McCaffrey, Kamara, uh, Henry, uh, the list goes on with all the guys that have gotten paid and they went into the toilet. So why would any GM be, 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 be uh, you know, jumping at the chance to, to, to sign a running back? What needs to happen is that if a guy stays healthy, five or six or seven guys stay healthy, and they help their team win a Super Bowl or get deep into the playoffs, that's when it's going to change because the NFL, just like any other league, is a copycat league. If you see a successful running back get to the Super Bowl and help his team actually win a Super Bowl without with having great numbers in the Super Bowl, that's when you'll start to see the trust come back. Until then, they're not going to get paid. And that's the sad reality, but that is the reality. Great points across the board from Devin and from Barry. I'll go ahead and bring Mike uh, back in the stream just so he can be a witness uh, to uh, uh, to our. Uh, let's see. I think Mike froze again. Unbelievable. <laughs> he's still. He's still. It, it, it's. You got to fix the Wi-Fi. Video. It's, it's just Mike's new nickname is now Mister Freeze. That is <laughs> Freeze. Exactly. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, so, that's a good again, one. It comes down to you too. And again, this is a big, this is a big honor, right? It's a, who, who, who's the champion of the inaugural eight o'clock spot uh, show. And I decided when it's all said and done, it's Barry Grant Jr. Hey! He gets 10,000 oh, points. Oh, 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 I knew the collision was coming back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we just witnessed it. He only gave me the lead just, to have, just for me to shut up. <laughs> there we go. There you go. You know, Bryson, do I get a solo shot here? You know, I said that I am a disruptor by nature. This is what I do. Okay. I come in here. I am AK. I am the wrench. Okay. I don't really care about things going my way. I just care to disrupt and cause chaos. However, if I'm going to collect some wins along the way, I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say that I don't like wins. Of course I do. But I also like to throw the chair. That's me. That's what I do. I'm the villain. I'll always be that guy. Bryson, you're the man. You, you, you picked good today. The, can, the You know, the contestants were fine, but they weren't as good as Barry Grant Jr. today. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I should maybe dock some points. You still win, but I maybe should dock some points just for the fact that you you spoke in the third person. I sort of hey, when they start doing that. I'm a wrestling fan, okay? It happens. Uh, it happens. Okay. okay. Right? Yeah, just, that was a promo. That was a promo. Okay, you know, I, I'll let that slide just for this one time. And, and two, it props to it props to you that the final take of the show I think might have actually been the best. I think you were spitting right there. You 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 were on a roll. Uh, again, we'll bring if he's not frozen now. Mike Guido, can, 
can, can you can you can we can you talk? Can you move? Can you are you present? Like we do. Listen, I the last couple of times I've been frozen. I haven't noticed that I was frozen at all. Everything looks fine uh, from my view. So the guys, when you were telling me that I was frozen, it was news to me. So I, but I will say this, Devin, I prefer, if we're going to go with a freeze name for me, I prefer to be Frozone instead of <laughs> Mr. Freeze. All right. We can go with Frozone then. We can go with it. Frozone. I will say this. You can tell the comments Where are very. Is my super suit. <laughs> that's a good move. That's a good. I love Samuel Jackson. All right, we we real quick before we get out of here, let's let's answer just a few comments here uh, because they're very anti Barry. I must say, Tim McFrost says uh, Barry was a traitor. Devin was spot on. Look at that, a pro a pro Devin comments. Uh, and Guido just make excuses in the comments. You're on the show, Mike. Pay attention. He says the Wi-Fi failed me today. Uh, just okay. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it failed you. Uh, and then, and then uh, Guido also says uh, it's it's rigged. And uh, again, Tim Frost says it was rigged. Uh, but look at complete sports media being very classy. Great victory, Barry. Uh, Barry, the disruptor, gets the win. That's my guy, uh, there. That's my guy. <laughs> but you know what? I think Tim's got a point here. Takeaway points for wearing a Mets shirt. Listen, I don't hate the Mets. I've always, as a Red Sox fan, viewed the Mets, despite '86, as an ally, just because we, are. we, we share the same common hate. We are allies. The the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Bingo. And that's just about all we agree on at this at this particular moment in time in regards to Major League Baseball. <laughs> Barry, Devin, Mike, great job to all of you. This is first inaugural episode uh, of the 8 o'clock spot here on the Grid Network. Of course, Mike froze again uh, right as we're getting out of here. But uh, froze let's on. Froze on. It's, it's, it's reality of, of the 8 o'clock spot here in their the first episode. But be sure to catch the episode hopefully next week, once again, at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific time, right here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel, as well as our Twitter page uh, as well. Check us there. Or X, whatever it's called. I, I, I have a hard time keeping track, but it's Twitter right. to me. Whatever. Uh, hope everybody has a great week. We'll see you hopefully next Tuesday. Stay safe out there. God bless you all. We'll see you next Big week. Big trust, Bryce. <laughs>